0: Everybody, welcome to Finding Love. My name is Nancy Bruce, and I am your host. It's nice to be talking to you all again. So let's talk today about ghosting and about developing a bit of a thicker skin when it comes to dating in the middle of life. And I want to start with a very interesting note that I got from a woman named Stephanie. And Stephanie is great, and she actually was a member of my Finding Love workshop several months ago, and she's a delightful person. And she wrote me an email about how to tell if somebody's really interested in dating you. And she said that you know she was talking to a guy, and he seemed really interested, and then at a certain point, she never heard from him again. And she said that she never heard from him after she mentioned doing a background check, And so, my first order of business is to tell you, Stephanie, and anybody else who is interested in this, if you're going to do a background check, I would say don't tell them that you're going to do a background check. Because when I hear the words background check, I think like police reports and credit reports. And so, if someone, if I were dating someone and he told me he was going to do a background check on me, I would not want to see him in real life. I mean, that just feels, it feels like a lot. And you know, back when I was dating, I'm sure men Googled me and, and I Googled them. And it's not something that I would ever tell them I was going to be doing or, you know, warn them or, but, but certainly using the word background check seems very, very formal and official. And you know, if you Googled me, I had been writing and getting a few things published online here and there. So my name would come up with some articles that I had written. And that's fine. You know, it's please feel free to read them. A bunch of business articles, how fascinating. But you know, that's fine. And that's kind of expected that we that that people will Google you and that you'll Google them. But I wouldn't I wouldn't haul out the words background check. And certainly if you're gonna do that, go ahead. If that makes you feel better and safer and then you should do it. But I would say don't talk about it. But let's talk about this whole idea of ghosting, right? And this whole idea of then he never contacted her again after that. And her question was like, geez, I haven't I haven't dated in 35 years. And so is this what it's like out here? That do people just, you know, stop calling or stop texting and never give you a reason. And the answer is yes people do that. And here's what I would say. Number one, unless you are involved with a person In other words, unless you've seen them a few times, you have established a kind of a relationship. It doesn't have to be monogamous. It doesn't even have to be sexual. But if you've established a relationship where there are expectations, there are expectations that you're going to hear from each other again, that you're going to see each other again. And if those people just disappear on a dime, yeah, that is not great behavior. And that is definitely the worst kind of ghosting. And it makes you feel bad. And it makes you think that you did something wrong. And it really takes you by surprise. If however you're texting with someone and you haven't even met in real life yet and whatever something gets said like I'm doing a background check on you or something else you know gets said about that just turns you you know uh, rubs you the wrong way you might never hear from that person again and he might not hear from you again i don't think that you actually owe each other some big long explanation it's not a breakup because you're not together And if you haven't even met in real life yet, then certainly that's going to happen. And even if you do meet in real life, you might meet for a drink and you might not not feel a connection, you might not feel an attraction, and then that's the end of it. So here's what I will say and especially for for someone like Steph who hasn't dated in 35 years, that that may feel odd because maybe back when you were dating before, you know, times were different, things were different. You were meeting people in different ways. You were getting introduced to friends of friends or you were meeting, you know, in some social scenario. So online dating is different and there will be some of this ghosting behavior. And I would say that A lot of times it's pretty benign, and if it does hurt your feelings, then you are going to have to deal with having your feelings hurt. But don't forget, online dating is a public meeting place. It's a public forum, a public meeting place, meaning anybody in the public can waltz right in. And you might think that you know them and have a real handle on them a read on them based on their profile and their profile picture and what they have texted you and what they say they're, they're all about and what they value, but you don't really know those people yet. You don't know them at all. It's just like wandering into a public square and there are people wandering around all around you. You don't know any of those people. They might look nice. They might seem like, oh, we all have similar interests. Here we are in the same public square, but you don't know anything about them and you don't really have anything in common with them that you know of. So if those people disappear on you, who cares? You don't know those people. It does not matter. Here's what I'll say, that it's important and I, and again this message is is really for women in the middle of life right who are a little bit unaccustomed to this kind of dating maybe or or maybe you've been dating online and you're just exhausted by it but i would say you know developing a tougher skin around this is going to serve you well not having your feelings hurt not being you know decimated by a guy that all you know you texted him a few times and and he seemed like he liked you and then he he disappeared you know what you say to that person or that experience thank you Thank you for the information. Thank you for letting me know, before this got at all serious, before we even met each other, thank you for letting me know that you're unreliable and that you're a guy who's just gonna disappear. That's really great information and I appreciate it and be on your way." And that is the right attitude to have about this, is that, like I say, and I'll say it again and again, this is a numbers game. Online dating is a numbers game. Dating in the middle of life is a numbers game. You know, it's not going to necessarily be a person who's going to be introduced to you by your best friends of 40 years. This is, again, you're wandering into a public space and you're going to meet everybody who's in there too. So you have to just pace yourself. You have to take it slow. You have to not burn out and not get super disappointed if, you know, one or two or three or 10 of these interactions don't work out for you. That is the the fastest way to just self-sabotage is to let these experiences that they do leave a bad taste in your mouth and you didn't love having some guy ghost you, but letting that really get under your skin, letting it really color the way you think about all this is, is just gonna be the end of it for you. So you don't let it go there. Just keep telling yourself that this is about you deciding too. You are the decider, And I think that as women, and especially women of a certain age, we have really been socialized to think of men choosing us. Oh, I hope he chooses me. I hope I get picked for this. I hope a man falls in love with me. I hope a man asks me to marry him. We have really become sort of brainwashed to thinking that we are the thing to be chosen. We are not the chooser. And remember that you are the chooser. You are the decider. And so when a man goes to you, when a man stops stops calling, stops texting, you are deciding, oh, okay, great. I don't ever want to hear from him again because I can see he's unreliable. So flip the script a little bit and realize that you're going to be the person who's deciding on who you want to have in your life. And it's not the other way around, right? So approach all of this with a much, much, bigger feeling of autonomy and empowerment. And when these things happen, when these less than great interactions take place, and they will, they absolutely will. And when they do say, okay, that's what happened. Let it roll off your back and keep going. You know, and this really comes down to another thing I wanted to talk about, which is this, this kind of vibe of people pleasing that a lot of women have. It is not the easiest thing to go out into the dating world with a people pleaser mentality. And here's what I mean by that. When you do start going on dates and when you do have a few of these interactions under your belt, and you're like, okay, I, I'm getting the hang of this, and I'm feeling comfortable, and I'm going on dates with you know more than one guy at a time, and I'm and I'm really assessing, you know, who who is it that I want to date at this stage in my life, and who do I want to let into my life, you know, you're forming opinions, and not just about them, but about yourself. It's a, it's it really is a really interesting journey of self discovery to be dating in the middle of life, but. If you have a people pleaser mentality with all this, it's going to be really hard for you to to decide no on some people. It's not the easiest thing to sit across the table from someone and realize, you know, I don't, I don't want to see him again. He seems like he's really excited about me, and he seems like he's really into me. But I, I am not feeling this. I don't, I don't think I want to see him again. And for a lot of women, that's that's a tough position to be in. I think that more often than that we hear about women being, you know, oh, sad because you know he didn't like me. But when you're the one who's choosing and you have to choose no. This isn't right for me. And having to tell someone that is is a feeling that's very uncomfortable for a lot of women. Why? Because like I said before, we've been socialized to be people pleasers. I mean certainly. I think that in our generation definitely that was how I grew up was to I'm not going to say seen and not heard because I didn't have that strict of a family, but it was definitely, you know, be nice, make sure everybody else feels good, don't be too loud about, you know, what you want and what you don't want and, you know, just go along to get along and don't rock the boat, don't stir the pot. These are all expressions my mother has used with me and up until quite, quite recently, oh, stop stirring the pot you know it's always that it's always like and what that means is don't say what you like or dislike don't talk about your preferences too much just go along to get along and just zip it and so if here you are in the middle of life and and you were raised that way all those decades ago some of that still sticks right no matter how enlightened and empowered we become some of that those messages we received in childhood and young young girlhood definitely still stick. And so when you're sitting across the table from someone and you have to be the one who says, you know what, sorry, I'm just not, I, I don't think this is working. It's not the easiest feeling. And so think about that and prepare yourself for it. Because the worst thing to do is just to continue to date somebody who you're not excited about just because you're you're afraid of hurting their feelings or making it uncomfortable and awkward, and you know sometimes you'll say to yourself, "Well, let me give it some more time and maybe and listen here's the truth. Here's the caveat with that. Yes, you should give things a little bit of time because people can grow on you, and and I, I I'm a big believer that it doesn't have to be the big, huge. over-the-top love story the minute you lay eyes on each other. I think that's foolishness, and we've talked about that in some previous episodes. So I do believe in taking it slow and giving things some time and space to unfold. But if you're really not feeling it, then you need to end it. And it's hard to end it if you're a people pleaser, if you've been raised to be a people pleaser. So think about that and and be honest with yourself about, about those sort of little trap doors that you might be setting up for yourself. But again, this, and this, so this all comes under the headline of, you know, what does it feel like to date in your comfort zone in the middle of life? So for Stephanie, the idea of being ghosted was, was really hard for her. And what that meant for her was, well, this person lied to me, you know, he's, he seemed like he was really interested and he wanted to meet me and he wanted to date me and then he just appeared. So that was a big lie. It was a big fat lie. So how am I going to trust anybody? And just know that it was one person who's probably also talking to a bunch of other people at the same time, and he's making some decisions about who he wants to focus on right now. It's not anything about who you are or your value, how worthwhile you are, your desirability. It's about this person and his preferences at this moment in time, period. It's not a big Verdict on who you are in the dating world at all And is it going to happen? Yes, it's going to happen Yes, it is absolutely going to happen And you have to be able to just let it roll off your shoulders a little bit You have to develop like I said before a little bit of a thicker skin about it because otherwise You're just going to be so sad and upset all the time and that's not the energy to bring to dating either and Understand too that sometimes you're going to be the decider and more often than not. I hope you are the decider that you are sitting in a place of total and complete empowerment and decision-making about who you are allowing into your life and into your heart. And you feel completely empowered and autonomous to make decisions and to say what those decisions are. It's not going to be the easiest thing in the world, but with practice, you're going to get better at it. And sometimes it's it's helpful to have not a speech, not a breakup speech. I don't want to go that far, but it's helpful to have a thing that you say to people. Oh my gosh, I can tell you what I used to say. So here's something. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't share this, but I'm going to. <laughs> so when I was breaking up with somebody back in the day when I was dating, I would say our time together has come to an end. And here's why I said that, because first of all, it was very definitive it's not like, you know, I'm not sure, and so I didn't want to open it up to a big, long discussion i d- I really did not want to do that because I knew that that would just prolong the agony of the moment, and I also didn't want to say that it's your fault or it's my fault. like I don't want to assign blame. I didn't want to assign blame. It's nobody's fault or it's everybody's fault, or who cares about fault? The truth is this is just it's over and and I also didn't want to just say this is over because that sounded so. I don't know, kind of heartless. And so I would say, our time together has come to an end. <laughs> Maybe that sounds heartless too. But for me, it was it was a phrase that I had in the back of my mind and whenever I needed to use it, it was right there for me. So those conversations were a little bit less difficult because I was prepared for them. And you know that might be helpful to you too. It's really nice if you can end things Semi nicely. You're not always going to be able to. Sometimes emotions get the best of you, get the best of him. Things are said. But it's nice if you can end things in a nice way because eh, there's no need for a bunch of conflict and drama. You know, y- y- you don't want that in your life. And it's certainly not at this stage of life. You know, those, I don't know if, if you agree, but I feel like those days are behind me. Dramatic gestures and big fights and big statements. like Let's just everybody go our separate ways and and call it good. So know that this is going to happen. He's going to ghost you. You might ghost him. He's going to end things. You might end things. This is all part of the game. This is all part of dating in the middle of life and dating in an online environment, which you probably are going to have to if you want to meet people because we are not set up anymore as a society where you just go strolling down the lane and, you know, down the promenade and meet potential suitors. So you're probably gonna be involved in online experiences, and this is what happens. And if you prepare yourself and just take it slow and easy and let it all happen and don't take anything too personally, it's not about a reflection on you. It's about a reflection of this is what is happening right now in between us as two two individuals who barely know each other, and it's okay. It's okay. Just let it go. And don't mention if you're doing background checks, Stephanie. Just go ahead and do them in the privacy of your own home, but don't tell anybody about them because then that's going to make people nervous. Oh, that's all I have for you guys today, but this was fun, and I will talk to you next week. This has been Finding Love with Nancy Roos. Bye.